Hello and welcome to the Hindu's News Analysis podcast. I'm Jayan Shriram. We're covering an issue that's been in the news all week and we have to acknowledge at the outset that what we're doing is building on some excellent reporting uh, from the website Huffington Post India that's recently published a series of exposés on electoral bonds in India. That is the current system through which individuals and companies contribute money to political parties. So, here's a bit of the story so far before we start. This system has been controversial for a while, in particular because it's not a transparent one. So, if a donation is made through a bond that someone can purchase through the State Bank of India, then supposedly the identity of that person couldn't be traced. The logic here was that if the identity was known, then that could lead to a kind of retribution against that person from the party that he or she did not contribute to. On the other hand, it's also a bit troubling for the public to not know who is giving how much to which political party. It's no secret, of course, that there are various lobbies and financial interests that have links to politics. The argument for such a system was also that it would mean that money donated through these bonds would come through a bank, so it would be clean and not black money or stolen money that might otherwise be given in cash to political parties. So anyway, the HuffPost exposés tell us many things. One that, contrary to the claims of anonymity itself, it turns out that there is actually a way to trace these contributions. And even more interestingly, they reveal that the Reserve Bank of India actually had several objections to this system. Well, as did the Election Commission, but the RBI's objections were not really known till now, and they're quite detailed. Uh, they warned that the system could encourage money laundering, um, encourage foreign interference in our elections, and even for these bonds to be used as a kind of uh, counterfeit currency, and so on. And it appears that the government went ahead with the system anyway and introduced it. So we're going to break down all of this in more detail than what I've just told you. And we'll go over the news reports, um, the response by the government, and kind of where we go from here. It's my pleasure today to welcome to our podcast an expert from outside our staff. He is Rakesh Dubudu, and he is a well-known transparency and open data campaigner. Uh, he's also the founder of Factly, which is a public information and data journalism portal. Rakesh has been following this issue for a while, and he's quite an authority. He is a frequent contributor to The Hindu, and he joins me over Skype today, and uh, we had a really detailed and interesting conversation, actually. Uh, so I'm going to cut to that. Here's Rakesh. Rakesh Dubudu, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with us. Yeah. So uh, this is an issue that you've been tracking over a long period of time. And yeah. so, you know, when we talk about uh, the recent series of articles or exposés by HuffPost, um, it's only natural that someone with uh, expert knowledge like yourself, you might feel that there are some aspects of this that you already knew through your own work and, you know, reading some other reporting. And of course, some of it must be quite new. Um, and I think for a, for a lay person, for the lay audience, that actually would be really interesting to hear. Um, how much of the problems associated with electoral bonds is actually been in the public domain for a while, kind of just going under the radar a bit. And how useful is this new set of stories now in painting a more complete picture of, uh, you know, just the problems that we now know exist with, with, uh, with the system? Yeah, hi, Jen. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, 
you know from the beginning the one of the biggest problem with electoral bonds was anonymity i mean people people will not know who is giving these bonds and uh, who is who is paying which party and uh, is there some quid pro quo and all that so the biggest problem was anonymity we also knew that uh, i mean while the government kept saying it is it is all white money and uh, it is through the banking system so you know the cash part of the electoral funding you know which which used to be predominantly cash is now giving rise to cleaner money through banks so that was what the government kept saying even that was uh, you know a lot of doubts though it comes through the bank there are issues which we can discuss further uh, because of the changes to the finance act so anonymity was the biggest issue and that's what was argued before the supreme court as well when the supreme court you know directed political parties to submit details to the election commission now we knew bits and pieces of what uh, the current exposes have i mean the bits and pieces in the sense uh, the quint reported very early that uh, each bond had some secretive number uh, that has been elaborated now you know the purpose of that number and who is doing what uh, we also knew about the opposition of the election commission because they they were in the public domain saying you know we are not in favor of these bonds uh, because it's a step backward in terms of transparency uh what is new is one you know the rbi's opposition and the things that they've said in their letters their directors to their com- communication between the finance ministry and the rbi uh what we also knew is how at whose behest for instance uh, uh, the number of days for electoral bonds was increased in 2018 beyond the stipulated uh, four cycles uh we also now come to know of course there was an economic time story in uh, sometime in may about uh, expired bonds being allowed parties being allowed to redeem expired bonds but now we know uh, you know the the kind of communication that took place between the sbi and uh, um, and the finance ministry uh, about allowing these expired bonds so uh, what the current expose does is is give us a comprehensive picture of uh, i mean who was pushing electoral bonds uh, so what we always what we knew but now it is like established with proof that uh, not all agencies of the government which are critical in in terms of funding you know the the ECI being the regulator and the and the RBI being the financial regulator while the ECI is being the uh, you know the top body of elections uh, both of them were not in favor of electoral bonds uh, and despite that the you know the government went went ahead and and in fact you know the communication also shows it was was done very very fast i mean this not giving time for the rbi you know just two days three days so what we now have is a comprehensive picture that the government of the day wanted to introduce them uh, come what may so just to ensure that uh, uh, the formality process of uh, consensus not consensus but consultation they just wrote letters despite opposition from you know various quarters they went ahead that we know secondly we also know that uh, the government was pushing for uh, you know extra Uh, cycles this beyond the stipulated uh, what is stipulated in the notification we also know that the government now themselves have allowed uh, parties to redeem expired bonds we we know that as well uh, we also know that uh, you know while the government kept saying these are completely anonymous the donors need not worry etc we now know that uh, something that was from the quint story of numbers we knew but now it is quite clear that if the government of the day wants to know who is buying these bonds it is very easy for them because sbi is keeping track so it, it gives us a comprehensive picture on one side the government was hell bent on implementing this as they felt it is a step forward and cleaner money uh, despite opposition from these bodies right 
Um, so just to take you a little bit uh, into the detail here, um, and again, I think this would be really interesting to hear from you and your views on this. So can you sort of elucidate a little bit, uh, elaborate a little bit, I mean, uh, on the uh, RBI's objections first that we now know, um, both from the HuffPost reporting and from subsequent reporting that's come out? Yeah, in fact, uh, this ties back to the changes that were made in the Finance Act when the electoral bonds were announced in the first place. Uh, so multiple changes were made in the in the Finance Act then. One was uh, through the Finance Act. One was that uh, this whole 7.5% of the profit, there is a limit on how, many, how much can companies contribute to political parties. And that was limited to profit-making companies and uh, they had to be in uh, operation for at least three years. Now all that was removed uh, through changes in the Finance Act. Uh, so uh, one of the things that RBI said and the subsequent changes in the, uh, the FCRA, which allowed non-sovereign entities, which means even technically foreign companies to donate money to political parties. So the RBA raised objections about this, that uh, you know this move will result in non-sovereign entities uh, being authorized to issue you know bearer instruments. That is one. Uh, they also said the transparency intended, so-called intended purpose of transparency is not achievable because uh, uh, the original buyer may not be the, the one who is actually contributing because I can just buy it, I can give it to somebody and that somebody can go and donate it to the political party. So uh, there's no traceability in terms of the one who is buying is actually donating to the political party. I can just post it, I can just do whatever. So that's, that's something that uh, they said. Uh, they also said... Uh, uh, the PMLA could also be affected. I mean, the Prevention Money Laundering Act could also be affected because of the the way the bond system is uh, made. And uh, they said, you know, uh, why are we going for electoral bonds in the first place? Because the same, you know, if the intended purpose is cleaner money, etc., the same could be achieved through a normal check system. I mean, where through the banking system. So these are some of the objections of the RBI. Uh, you know, things that. Everybody has been saying that uh, this coupled with the changes in the Finance Act could open flood doors for, let's say, uh, shell companies being set up just for the purpose of donating to political parties. You know, I set up a shell company, get get the money, donate, and then close my company. Nobody's going to ask. Now, the government's uh, defense has been that, no, 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 the, there is uh, this information will be available to the income tax department, to the ED, to the CBI, etc., assuming all of them are independent entities. But we know in our political system, None of these entities are independent, you know, they they mostly work at the behest of the, the ruling party. So extending that logic, we know that, you know, there is there is one entity which is a ruling party, which is at a great advantage of knowing everything. But, you know, you have other political parties and other uh, political players in the system who are at the mercy. So uh, RBI's objections are these, basically these, you know, transparency is not achievable. The intended purpose can be achieved through other means. We don't need electoral bonds. One, they said this could also lead to money laundering. And finally, they said non-sovereign entities getting these bonds. So these are some of the primary objections of the RBA that the RBA raised. Right. Uh, so just to press you on one of those points there, uh, you said the RBI does say that uh, if you wanted transparency, you could just uh, do this through checks. Um, yeah. Why? Why is why is that why does why is that not an idea that's uh, you know that's that's ever gained any currency? Um, excuse the yeah words, yeah we yeah we need to slightly go back into the the current rules for uh, political donations in the country. So section twenty nine c of the Representation of People's Act tells us that uh, so as per current norms, only the names of the donors who 
donated more than 20000 rupees in a financial year uh, need to be disclosed to the election commission by the political parties so any donation that they receive uh, that is below 20000 i mean cumulative below 20000 in any year irrespective of the mode of uh, donation their names need not be disclosed now the the modus operandi of most political parties has been that uh, you know you show most of the donations as, as less than 20000 uh, you know which essentially means uh, uh, you don't have to tell who the donor is uh it just uh, it's all i mean money with uh, with no name attached uh, very few at least you know just 20% 30% of the contributions to through that uh, about 20000 route so every year year after year adr kept publishing reports saying about uh, more than 70% of the contribution to the political parties from was from unknown sources which means we we never knew who the donors were now the whole point uh, that that the rbi was trying to make was uh, Uh, why not reduce that limit now the bjp you know after all this expose and uh, you know the when the Cong- when the congress party raised it in the parliament yesterday uh, they the bjp put out a series of tweets saying you know we have reduced the limit of uh, cash donations to 2000 now that doesn't serve any purpose because uh, uh, even if the cash donation limit is reduced to 2000 the limit of uh, disclosure of name which which is 20000 stays so Uh, the limit does not change so even if somebody were to give you money through electronic means and if it is just 10000 uh, because it is less than 20000 you not disclose the name and secondly this this reduction of limit also does not make any sense because if i assume let's say i get 50000 in cash i can just say you know i got uh, you know 25 chunks of 2000 each uh, so i took them in cash i can just cut 50 receipts so overcoming this whole hurdle is not a big deal so that change does not really make any uh, make any dent into the current system uh, what the rbi was saying is if if ever you are uh, your, your entire idea of making this was uh, encouraging was uh, uh, through the banking system clean money you could you could achieve through uh, the checks you know uh, why go to a non transparent system where nobody knows what is happening the only argument right. of the government is since this is coming through the bank system it's all clean uh that's their argument right so i mean in a sense i mean they are trying to create a new system where where the rbi is actually saying that uh, there's a perfectly acceptable system within our current banking uh, you know normal transactional rules that you can just use to do this yeah right yes okay yes so um yeah right so just wanted to clarify that so um yeah um right so Uh, let's just uh, get to the responses from uh, the government now so in mm-hmm. response to these stories uh, the the bjp the central government has tweeted out uh, several things and the stock response does seem to be that uh, this system is better than the previous system of cash donations which uh, well i think everyone accepts that was problematic and this mm. this is a way, this is a good way to keep black money out of uh, elections and politics and uh, stolen money etc so you know just as uh, in, in if you were looking at this as kind of if you start from the perspective that we needed an alternative to cash uh, mm-hmm. then you know what what's what's the kind of reading that you have on the electoral bond system see one if the government wanted to get rid of cash the first thing they should have said is uh, drastically reduce that limit now 2000 even 2000 doesn't make uh, much sense because if parties want to kind of uh, overcome and circumvent this rule they could cut multiple multiple receipts of less than 2000 uh, 
So in a way, uh, the reduction to 2000 does not solve the cash problem. Secondly, what the government keeps saying is just because it is coming through the bank system, it is all it's all good. I mean, it's on clean money. I mean, we in fact, this is the very same government. Uh, in fact, the finance, the former finance minister, uh, late Mr. Arun Jaitley, kept on saying just because 99 percent of the money after demonetization of 99 percent of the currency is back into the banking system after demonetization, it doesn't mean it is clean money. I mean, he himself said uh, if money is in bank, it doesn't mean clean. You know, I could extend the same logic and say just because electoral bonds are coming through the banking system, it doesn't mean it is clean. Uh, primarily because uh, the changes made in the Finance Act allow for shell companies to exist for the sole purpose of donating to political parties. Now, you might, uh, the government might come back and say, you know, there is the income tax department, there is ED, there is CBI to take care of this. But like I said, unless there is larger transparency on who knows which which shell company has donated. I mean, if if, uh, if it has donated to the current poli the political party in power, the, the, the government may not even go ahead and order any inquiry. So unless there is transparency on who is donating to whom, public will have no idea of what is happening in the background, whether it is clean money, whether it is, uh, you know, money laundered through shell companies. Uh, you know, it's not thousands of crores is not a joke. I mean, uh, let's let's take a small example. The entire the income of all these political parties just a year before, uh, before electoral bonds were introduced was was not, uh, I mean, around all put together was a 2,000, 3,000 crores. If you take the national parties and some state parties. Now, within about one and a half years, you have a situation where in 12 cycles, more than 6,000 uh, crore worth electoral bonds were sold. Now, we, you know, who is giving this kind of money? So the whole argument that it is clean money doesn't stand because uh, uh, this very financial said bank, money in bank does not mean clean money. So just because money is coming through the banking system does not mean it is clean money. Secondly, to get rid of the cash system, they could have just said everything in, uh, you know, everything in digital means, except, you know, coupons and, you know, some other means. They could have just said, uh, uh, why even leave that 2000 uh, below 2000 cash? They could have just got rid of cash. Uh, we now know that, uh, uh, you know, even by the latest figures, uh, we know that uh, uh, obviously more than 99% of such uh, bonds were bought in the denomination of 10 lakh and 1 crore which essentially means these bonds were not anyway not for the common people and common people you know if they were donating the, uh, so the whole the, there were two broad points that the bjp was making one that we have reduced the limit to 2000 for cash donations which again does not solve the problem because like i said they could anybody could write multiple receipts and two the donor's name needs to be disclosed only if it is about 20000 so even if i uh, donate through electronic means uh, People will have no way of knowing who, who I'm donating unless I donate more than 20,000. With the electoral bonds, uh, the government's argument of clean money, legal money through bank doesn't stand because uh, I go back to the argument made by the late finance minister. He himself said the money in the bank is, is not. In fact, I, I would uh, go back a little in time and say this whole rot of uh, financial transparency started, uh, I mean, in 2013 with the electoral trust. So it was half transparent. It was not fully transparent. So, you know, companies used to donate to electoral trust, electoral trust will, will then donate to political parties. It was like, again, one more middleman standing in between. We never knew which company was interested in directly donating to which party. I would say the rot started then. At least there we knew which, who, which company is donating to which trust. But with this, now it is much worse. You know, we don't even know who, we don't even know which political party, except, except that, you know, which party got how much. Right. And, and, and what happened to those electoral trusts? Yeah, now electoral trusts still stand, but I'm sure uh, if there is an anonymous way of funding available, I'm sure no donor would go and uh, 
give it to electoral trust they would be happy to go to the you know the way of anonymity you know they'll, they'll happily buy electoral bonds and give it to political parties so electoral trust still stay uh, i'm sure uh, a lot of political parties still get contributions and donations from electoral trust but it was again half transparent so in 2013 when pranam mukherjee was the finance minister they set up electoral trust so you have these trusts set up exclusively for the purpose of electoral funding uh, companies uh, who are interested in contributing to political parties could give their uh, contribution to the electoral trust electoral trust would then decide based on their own uh, criteria and norms uh you know in terms of donation to which political party for example one electoral trust divides their contributions in based on the i mean uh, based on the performance of such political parties in elections so in the in proportion of such performance they give donations it was also half transparent because we did not have a direct link between the company and the political party uh, because in between there was electoral trust so i think even that was not a very transparent measure i mean it was it was not a step in the right direction also right and um, just to uh, touch again on this uh, this electoral bond system is there um, i mean to your knowledge is there kind any kind of um, international comparison for this uh, is it something that is very uh, you, i mean something that's very unique that uh, was just sort of thought up uh, or is it does it borrow from any kind of existing system as far as i know it, at least in most mature democracies that we look up to uh, there's uh nowhere we have this this whole question of anonymous donations uh at least yes there could be anonymity granted to you know smaller uh, or in some special cases but this kind of broad and at least in the mature democracies like you know the what we look up to uh, i haven't at least i haven't heard of any such uh, example across the world in fact uh, in terms of political and uh, in terms of transparency in political funding we we have a lot to learn from other countries because uh you know in country of the country brazil philippines usa israel italy mexico most of them have uh, uh you know strict rules in political funding and in terms of disclosure as well so i think we have a lot to learn i don't think uh, anybody has such a system where you grant complete anonymity to donors right yeah because it does sound uh, very counterintuitive i mean just for people who don't know about it it's, it's... it sounds like a crazy idea you know to uh, let people be anonymous when they donate money to politics um, there could be countries some some countries where uh, you know smaller countries where this is not done but at least in the larger good democracies that we look up to uh, in the functioning mature democracies i mean this is unheard of right <clears throat> um so yes um i just okay so we did, we did touch uh, we did touch on earlier about the uh, the objections of the rbi and you did mention that this issue uh, the uh, uh, the elector the election commission of india has also opposed this and i think that is uh, something that uh, they've actually gone to the supreme court with uh, can you yeah. give us a few more details on that what are their objections no they they clearly said this is a step in the wrong direction because all the while uh, election commission has been uh, you know through uh, different ccs taking over all the while they were batting for greater transparency they said we need we need greater political transparency we need people we need people need to know who is donating to which political party so they have in fact uh, raised objections through you know the the whole uh, the changes made in the finance act uh, the income tax act they have written a long letter uh, the companies act which i referred to earlier that uh, the 7.5% limit of political donations was removed so they in fact raised all this they for instance they raised issue about the transparency bit 
they raised issue about uh, this anomaly between the 20000 and 2000 they also raised uh, uh, issues about changes in the companies act which was made in conjunction with electoral bonds this would uh, they felt this would just uh, open flood doors for you know shell companies to uh, donate in fact they they made a mention of uh, shell companies they you know if i have to put word but in they said this opens up the possibility of shell companies being set up for the sole purpose of making donations to political parties with no other business of consequence having disbursable profits so this is what they said in the long letter more or less echoing what rbi said but uh, uh, the election commission also touched upon the changes made through the finance act so two major agencies were one saying this this is a very regressive step especially because you are just you know closing doors you are uh, in the dark you are opening doors for shell companies you are uh, uh, this is a you know body blow to transparency uh, so if if i have to paraphrase what the election commission wanted to say this is a body blow to transparency right um so you know uh, transparency uh, a discussion a larger discussion on transparency is actually i feel uh, a good place to end this discussion with you because um well if anything uh, what these stories and in our discussion so far on electoral bonds has showed us is that we well, we don't have a lot of it and that's uh, that can be a bit uh, disconcerting a bit scary too um how do we sort of uh, take the discussion beyond you know just the work the discussion that we're having on electoral bonds how do we how does the i mean what are the ways in which the lay person can now sort of uh, increase their understanding about the political process how does how do we get more transparency see in terms of financial transparency uh, you know there are broadly three reports that are supposed to be uh, submitted by uh, you know political parties to the election commission of india uh, it is the recognized parties do submit one is a contribution report where they list all the donors who donated about 20000 in a cumulative in a, in a financial year then there is uh, the annual audit report uh, currently is, you know if we are uh, at least getting to know how many how much electoral bonds each party got it is through the annual audit report uh, so they are supposed to mention uh, how much did they get through various means uh, through various donations and contributions and uh, political parties are also supposed to submit uh, expenditure reports uh, within 75 days of a general election to the assembly and within 90 days of a general election to the lok sabha in fact as a as a case in point now both the bjp and the congress are uh, guilty of not submitting these expenditure reports uh, to the election commission for the recently completed lok sabha election uh, so these at least uh, from the ec side all these uh, reports are in the public domain so if people do have want to have a check on you know how much did they spend how did they spend what is the expenditure pattern etc they could they could as well go to the website and see uh, all these reports are available online i think one of the things that people should and the there is another question of for instance reporting now if i take the example of electoral bonds itself now the 2018 19 and you know audit reports are were due by october 31 2019 uh, like i said bjp in congress we don't see those reports on the website but bulk of the electoral bond uh, electoral bond donations happened after march 2019 so if you after march 2019 we had about four tranches in those four tranches uh, you know close to i think 3400 crores were uh, of worth electoral bonds were sold so for us to know you know which party got how much we'll have to wait till they submit the annual audit report of 2019 2019 20 which which might take one more year Uh, so i think some real time measures need to be 
uh, of course you know our only hope is that the supreme court which is currently hearing the case will one uh, either abolish this scheme or say that uh, uh, there needs to be transparency there cannot be anonymity i think from the people side we need one uh, uh, going through all these reports even at a granular level demanding such uh, financial transparency from even from local politicians you know your mla etc how much they are spending because they also submit their reports and all the reports are also online uh, it could start somewhere because currently i think the brazenness with which all this was done uh, is because the political parties believe people don't care too much about funding you know everybody knows uh, uh, you know politics is all about bad money or so much money is being spent and they don't care about all this so i think unless people come back and show uh, that you know we do really care about who is who is donating who is giving you money how are you uh, financing your campaigns etc you know this won't change so we need one i'm not saying a mass movement of sorts but this basic awareness that uh, i mean governance good governance is always linked to uh, greater transparency i mean unless we know who is donating to which political party and what are they expecting in return uh we have no way of uh, understanding if if one decision was made for one purpose or another purpose right okay uh, so we landed there uh, rakesh that was extremely thorough and very informative uh, and i'd like to thank you again for joining us no thanks sir thank you my pleasure